Hallelujah. Is somebody excited to be in church this morning? If you're excited this morning, can you celebrate the Lord Jesus? You are not doing it right. That celebration is standing on one leg. That celebration is not born again. <laughs> can you celebrate your healer, your lifter, your helper, your redeemer? Can you celebrate the King of Kings this morning? You are not celebrating the pastor. He is not a showman. He is not a celebrity. We are celebrating the God that has kept you and I alive to this moment. Come and do it better. Do it better. Do it better. The Bible says God has gone up with a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. The reason why David was glad was because he had an understanding. Because he himself said in the book of Psalms, He said, As many as appear before God in Zion, they go from strength to strength. So the reason why David was glad was he knew that my going into God's presence is not going to leave my life the same. It's not going to leave my business the same. It's not going to leave my career the same. So this morning, if you know you are not going to live the same way you have come, can you celebrate the Lord Jesus one more time? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, because your word says unto you, shall the gathering of your people be. We thank you for how far you have helped us and how far you have brought us. We thank you because we are here this morning because of your mercy and your grace. We couldn't have made it this far if you had not been on our side. The Bible says if the Lord had not been on our side, what would Israel say? We thank you because you have been our shield from every shame. You have been our shelter from every storm. We thank you because you have been the healer of our sickness and our diseases. We thank you, Father, because you have been the one that supplies every of our needs according to your riches and glory. And Father, even as we have come into your presence this morning, we ask that you will speak to every man and every woman in the name of Jesus. Let every question be answered this morning. Let every problem be solved this morning. Let every man and every woman that has made it into this house this morning live with a testimony in the name of Jesus. We give you the thanks and we give you the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed and given thanks. Amen. Before you take your seat this morning, I want you to welcome someone to church. Tell them you're welcome to God's presence. Tell them something is about to shift in your life this morning. And tell them you're looking good. I'm so excited to be sitting next to you this morning. Hallelujah. May please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm not trying to get our attention and I'm not trying to fill up space. Glory to God. We started a discourse three weeks ago on developing life skills for marketplace relevance and dominance. Developing life skills for marketplace relevance and dominance. And we've spoken about the first two skills. The first skill we said is that for you to experience marketplace relevance, right, you must learn how to sell yourself well. 
Before you can sell anything in the marketplace, you must first learn how to sell yourself. Every man, every woman that will make an impact in the marketplace must first see themselves as a product before they offer any product to anyone. Every day when people see you, when they hear you, you say, before you open your mouth to try to convince them to pay for something, a good or a service, right? They have already bought into you or they have not bought into you. In psychology, there is something called, in workplace psychology, there is something called, um, they call it, you are either done or gone in 30 seconds. So it simply means within the first 30 seconds, people come in contact with you. They've made up their mind whether they will have anything to do with you or they don't want to have anything to do with you. So we spoke about that extensively. And last week we spoke about developing networking skills. Right? Developing networking skills. And we really spoke extensively about that. It almost turned into a mini seminar. It was when I saw the message after they recorded it. And I, I was just like, ha, did I speak for this long? So I said, Father, I hope I won't speak that long this morning. But it was worth it, right? Did we know it was up to that? Uh, up to that? Alright, so it simply means it was worth it. How many of us put to practice what you learned on Sunday during the course of the week? How many of us you were in church on Sunday and you put to practice? You are in the house of God? All liars shall go to heaven. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Alright. So today we're going to go deeper. And this morning I'm speaking on what I've titled Cultivating the Spirit of Excellence. Cultivating the Spirit of Excellence. And never forget that the marketplace is the world of trade. The marketplace is the world of trade. The marketplace is anywhere buying and selling takes place. We said that during the first week. And we also said that the marketplace is both a virtual place and a physical place. And we said that in order to experience dominance in the marketplace, you must first be relevant. So it is consistent relevance that relevance that eventually culminates in dominance. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. It says, And let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. The man he was talking about there is not the male gender. That word man is a generic term referring to the male and the female. So when God said, let us make man, he was simply talking about, let us make the male and the female in our image and in our likeness. So a woman is not less like God than a man. That's why you see that in the marketplace, your gender is irrelevant. That's why you see women today, right, taking charge in the marketplace. The strongest bank in Nigeria, and I, I may be wrong, in West Africa, right? The chairman of the board of directors is a woman. So it's not a function of gender. If a man refuses to take his place in the marketplace, a woman will overtake him. And there is room for overtaking. <laughs> in life, you know, in life, people are not rewarded based on tenure. Life is not civil service. Where you are rewarded based on how long you have been in the organization. 
Am I making sense this morning? You know, oftentimes people expect that because I've been doing this thing for a long time, or I've been in this organization for a long time, then automatically I'm entitled to certain rewards. No, life does not work that way. Civil service can work that way, but not life. And any organization that knows what they do will not work that way. So a man can be a part of something for 10 years and someone shows up within 5 months and the person that shows up within 5 months if the person is adding more value to that organization that individual is going to exercise dominance over the person that has been there for the past 10 years. Am I making sense this morning? Because relevance, right, is a function of value added. Relevance is a function of value added. Relevance is a function of value added. If you are not adding values, you can never be relevant. The purpose of our prayers should be God, open my eyes. David said, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Open my eyes. Jeremiah 3 and verse, uh, verse 3. Uh, it says, says, I will call upon the Lord. It says, and the Lord will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. So every time we call upon God in prayers, what we should always expect is an idea, a voice, an instruction that will will enable us to experience dominance in the marketplace. So prayer is not an end in itself. Prayer is a means to an end. So if I want to know how effective your prayer life is, it's not by asking you how many hours have you prayed. It's by seeing what your prayer is producing. Am I making sense this morning? So you and I need to understand that as believers, you are responsible. In fact, it is an obligation for you as a believer to have dominance in your field. Wherever it is that God has called you to, wherever it is that you currently find yourself, right? you need to exercise dominance in that place. And always remember, dominance is impossible without consistent relevance. So you are a teacher. You need to dominate that sector. You are an artisan. Whatever it is that you are doing as an artisan, you need to dominate that area. You are a barber. You need to see. You know, you see, the president of this country, there is somebody that barbs his hair. Have you ever thought about it? You know, there are barbers that use SUVs. <laughs> There are barbers that after you bab, you pay 300 naira. There are barbers that after you pay, uh, after you bab, you pay 10,000 naira. There are barbers and there are barbers. That's why the Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, it's talk, talking about the blessed man. It says, whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever. Whether he's selling pure water, he shall prosper. As believers, we need to understand that our work is simply an instrument for activating the blessings of God in our lives. It is not even meant to be the source of your livelihood, if you understand the covenant. That's why the Bible says, you know, it says, let him that steal. It says, let him steal no more. It says, but rather let him walk that which is good, that he may have something to give, not that he may have something to eat. 
that he may have something to give that he is let him walk that he may have resources to activate the laws of prosperity so his resources there's no meant to be proportionate to the work he's doing does that mean you should not walk the bible also tells us that let him that does not work let him not eat so work is also a way of activating the laws of prosperity the covenant laws of prosperity and every time you go to work as you go to the workplace tomorrow have it at the back of your mind that i am not in this place to keep body and soul together i'm in this place to be relevant and when i'm relevant over time i'm going to experience dominance so dominance as its way is not just what we pray for dominance is what happens is always an aftermath of consistent relevance so you are into entertainment you need to dominate that sector the bible says you shall be the head and not the tail above what only and not beneath deuteronomy 28 and verse 13 above only not above in the middle it says above only it simply means as a believer there is even no provision for made for you to be in the middle the only place you are supposed to be is at the top it's at the top it's at the top so dominance we need to understand is god's demand from us as believers let's open our bibles very quickly this morning to nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1 and daniel chapter 6 and verse 3 Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. As much as possible, especially if you are a worker and a leader in the gateway, when you are coming to church, your phone is not a Bible. Always call me that with a Bible, right? Or if you want to use technology, get a note, um, a tab. Am I making sense? The reason, not that I'm attacking it, I also read Bible on my phone, but it's meant to be something you do on the go. Because you cannot do this. You cannot do Bible study with your phone. Are you? Is it possible? Uh-huh. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now we came to pass when Sambalath and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies, heard that I had builded the wall, and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. The emphasis there is, they heard that I builded the wall, and there was no breach left therein. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told me to tell somebody here, I almost forgot, that there is something you've been doing for the past two years or almost two years and you're about to give up on that thing he said you should ask him for wisdom to know what to do the person i'm talking to knows him or herself i don't know maybe he's a he or a she but you've been doing something for maybe two years or almost two years and maybe you want to give up on that thing he says you should ask for wisdom to know what to do don't judge by the hearing of your hair or the saying of your eyes praise the lord or ask him for wisdom to know what to do or better still how to do it i don't have the details so if you are the person don't come to me after service and say pastor tell me what to do i've simply said what you said i should say praise the lord daniel chapter 6 and verse 3 
Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. If you're there, say amen. Alright. The Bible says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to certain him above the whole realm. Did you see that? Daniel distinguished himself. Why? Because there was an excellent spirit in him. And the king thought of setting him above. What is that? Dominance. So Daniel experienced dominance right in government because there was an excellent spirit on the inside of him the bible says he distinguished himself he distinguished himself by cultivating an excellent spirit he distinguished himself one of the ways of distinguishing yourself in life is to cultivate an excellent spirit a man by the name of michelangelo was asked many years ago that why are you wasting your years because you spent so many years painting the ceiling right of the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican City and he did that for years and they asked him why why, why are you doing all this he said when people even walk into the chapel nobody as it were really looks up because the ceiling is very high so nobody will see it he said no one might see it but God will see it but God will see it. We don't cultivate an excellent spirit just because of men. And we're still going to come to that. We cultivate an excellent spirit ultimately because of God. So this is an image of the Sistine Chapel. This is the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. He spent so many years lying on his back painting that ceiling. It looks almost, how can this be a ceiling? So you have the proper picture. That's the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. On his back, for years, he was painting that ceiling. And everybody looked at him as if he was crazy. Nobody's going to see this. But today, he was not doing it because he wanted people to see it. But today, you can't really say you have been to Rome if you have not been to the Sistine Chapel. It has become a global tourist center. And this painting is hundreds of years old. But the excellence with which it was done has preserved it over the generations. A man by the name of Booker T. Washington said, If I am washing floors, people will see the floor and they will know Booker T. Washington washed this floor. So it is not a function or the magnitude of what you are doing. It is a function of the spirit that is driving you to do that thing. So many times people look at what they are doing and they say, no, but it's a small thing. No, how you do a small thing is how you will do a big thing. How you do a small thing. You know, people always say, some people even pray about it. They say, God, test me with money. <laughs> For what dummy will. <laughs> He's already testing you or he has already tested you. You know how we tested you? And we say, ah, God, if you can just try me. <laughs> try me with 50 million. You will see, ah, <laughs> I will touch people's lives. In fact, even your kingdom will feel it. That 50 million naira is in my account. 
God does not need to put 50 million naira in your account. He has already tested you with 5,000 naira. And he has seen what you did with 5,000 naira. A man that cannot account for 5,000 naira will never account for 5 million. Never. In fact, a man that cannot manage 5,000 naira, you are not helping him by giving him 5 million. You are compounding his issues. Because a man that cannot manage effectively 5,000 naira, if he sees 50 million naira, he can run mad, literally. Just if it, <laughs> he will first sit down. Like, no, 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 no. This is impossible. If the idea that has not entered his head before. <laughs> you know, some people say things like, I strongly believe don't, that you don't trust the innocent, you trust the tested. <laughs> Some people have not done some things because they cannot afford it. It's not because they, they can't do it. It's because they can't afford it. You know adultery requires resources. If you've not fed yourself well, another woman will not be attractive to you because it takes money to maintain two women. So it's like, no, I'm a righteous man of God. It's because some money has not entered into your account. Some people enter into some people's company and they see tankers. Say, How will somebody be wasting money buying these tankers? When you have the money and you don't spend the money that way, then we will know that you have a disciplined appetite. So in life, you don't trust the innocent. You trust the tested. You trust the tested. Before God raised Joseph to becoming prime minister, he tested him with so many things. The Bible says that his master... Potiphar put everything that he had in his care, and the Bible says nothing was missing. To the point that Potiphar trusted him, that the Bible says he did not even know anything that was in his house except the food that was on his table. God said, This guy has passed this one. He said, Now let us test him with the gift of a woman. You know, that test is twofold it was a test of sexual discipline and also the test of patience because naturally Potiphar was a powerful man in Egypt and if the wife of Oga is taking a liking towards you and you have a dream of being a leader not the natural mind will think that by getting intimate with the boss's wife it will fast track my journey to the palace but Joseph said no 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 I will not do this. Listen to what he said. Not that I will not do this and my boss will catch me. He said, I will not do this and sin against God. So excellence is not a function of what you do so as to gain the applause of men. It is something you do because you are a believer. It is a spirit you must cultivate. Let me tell you this. There is something called an impartation of the spirit of excellence. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Bezaliel. The Bible says he was cunning in the creation of crafts. He knew how to construct things. The Bible says because the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of being able to do all those things was on the inside of him. So there is a supernatural side of it, which I don't want to go into too much this morning. I want to talk about the practice, the things that you and I can do on a daily basis. That can make us to begin to manifest the spirit of excellence. 
Three things every believer should know about excellence. Okay, I think I wanted, wanted us to say this. I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said, if you are called to be a street sweeper, it says, sweep like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. It says, sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great sweeper who did his job well. Here lived what? A great sweeper who did his job well. There are no small things in life. There are only men who give a small approach to what they are doing. There are no small things. There are no small things. So three things every believer should know about excellence. Number one, excellence is an expression of divine nature. Excellence is an expression of divine nature. If you look at Daniel chapter 5 and verse 11, the Bible says that it was said concerning Daniel that the spirit of God is on the inside of him. Because the time came, right, King Nebuchadnezzar ran into certain problems. And his mom told him, in the days of the other kings and in the days of your father, there was a particular man that was in his administration. His name is Daniel. And the spirit of God is on the inside of him. Listen, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar and the mother of Nebuchadnezzar, they were not God worshippers. They were idol worshippers. But when they saw the spirit of God, they recognized it. How did they recognize it? Daniel 5 and verse 12. You should write this thing and read it when you get home. Daniel 5 and verse 12. The Bible says that the woman went further to say there is an excellent spirit on the inside of him. So the way they recognized the spirit of God was by seeing the spirit of excellence. So if as a believer, you are not manifesting excellence, we should question your divine nature. That's what the Bible says in Psalms 8 and verse 1 and 9. It says, O Lord our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who have set your glory above the heavens. O Lord our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. The second thing every believer needs to understand about excellence is that excellence must be a lifestyle and standard because it is impossible to honor God without excellence. Excellence must be a lifestyle. It must be the standard of your existence because it is impossible to honor God without excellence. Let's open our Bibles to Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 8. Malachi chapter 6 verse 1, chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 8. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 8. The reason why it's good to use a printed Bible, right, most times is because you can mark these things in your Bible. You can mark these things in your Bible. You know, I listen to the audio Bible a lot. I know you can also mark it right in your tab and all those things, but I strongly believe, I may be wrong, but I believe in a way I'm still low school and I like that school. <laughs> you can easily refer to it. Praise the Lord. You know, because when you mark it in your Bible, if you change phones, those things, those highlights will not be lost. You know, if you change your device, you can lose those highlights. 
Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 8 or to verse 6 to verse 8 the Bible says a son honors his father and a servant his master if then I am the father where is my honor and if I am a master where is my reverence says the Lord of hosts to you priests who despise my name it says yet you say in what way have we despised your name you offer defiled food on my altar but say in what way have we defied you by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible and when you offer the blind as a sacrifice is it not evil and when you offer the lame and sick is it not evil offer it then to your governor would he be pleased with you would he accept you favorably says the Lord of hosts do you see that so this people wanted to offer things to God. <laughs> I said, that's lame goods. Let's give it to God. I remember a story of a man <laughs> who had two, <laughs> two cows. So his friend asked him, what do you want to do with this cow? He said, ah, one of it is the lost cattle. One of it is the lost cow. The other one is my name. It's my own. So they said, which one is the lost cow? He said, ah, I'm the only one that knows the lost cow. He said, ah, well, <laughs> do not let your right hand know who <laughs> quoted that scripture. <laughs> Maybe one of these days I'll talk about what that scripture really means. <laughs> you know, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You know, so one day a car knocked down one of the cows. And the guy said, Ah, the lost cow has died. <laughs> so it was the lost cow that was knocked down, not his own cow. Because there was no way of separating what is God's from what is his. It is impossible to honor God without excellence. As I got the saying here, it says, if you want to bring something to me, bring it in an honorable fashion. The reason why as a church we believe in envelopes, right? You know, and excellently done is because we believe that you want to give, God is not a boy's conductor. That you want to give something, you now squeeze it inside. No, 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 no. I remember on campus many years ago, my pastor when I was in school, <laughs> the first day I saw him doing I was like, what is this? He puts his notes, he always gives his offering, right, in mint notes. So, anytime he does not have a mint note, he will put it in Gary, he will, right, uh, make the notes a little bit moist, and put it in Gary, and you know, there's starch in Gary, and it's after a while, he will iron it. And it will look like Chris Noel. Ah, ah. So I said, what is this? He said, because whatever you are giving to God must look good. I said, wow, I've not seen this one before. <laughs> now, does that mean every time I want to give? I don't do that. But I saw a man's heart expressed in what he was doing. Am I making sense? So anything that is done for God must never be done anyhow. Every believer must understand that. God does not receive trash. He does not receive trash service. He does not receive trash offering. You know what trash service is? When you are doing something and your heart is not in it. You are just doing it because let us do it. No, 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 no. You see, God is so excellent that what we call gold on earth is what they call road in heaven. Have you ever thought about it? Because the Bible says that heaven is a street paved with gold. And even our gold on earth is substandard. 
Because when the Bible describes the gold in heaven, the one that the road is paved with, the Bible says the gold is as clear as crystal. Have you seen that kind of gold here before? On earth. A gold that is a... So the gold that we celebrate so much is even a substandard version of what they call road in heaven. And you know, when you want to honor someone, especially God, you don't honor him based on how you want to honor him. You honor him based on who he is. Number three thing we need to understand as believers about excellence is that excellence inspires people. Excellence inspires people, both educated and non-educated. You see, people might not know what is good, but when they see it, they will know, ah, ah, this is good. You know, yesterday, you know, we're having a prayer meeting here. And before we started, you know, I was having a prayer meeting with a couple of people. And <laughs> a woman just came, and apparently she knows me, me, I, didn't, I don't really know until she introduced herself. So, oh, one of the women that, you know, sells stops during the, during the week, that do all this affidavit, blah, blah, blah thing. And apparently, right, um, I, I, I don't think she's that educated. But when she said, ah, pastor, this place is beautiful. This and when she said, I was like, eh. Because this place is still a far cry from what I am seeing. But even she recognized it, that this is unique and different. So there is something about excellence. Can I have a second mic, please? There is something about excellence that inspires people. That inspires people. Because there is something in every man that makes him gravitate. Alright, thank you. There is something in every man that makes him gravitate towards heaven. And run away from anything that looks like hell. There is something in every man. So what is excellence? Number one. So this is what we've been talking about. What is exactly is excellence? Number one. Excellence is going beyond the call of duty. Going beyond the call of duty. So most times when people hear the word excellence, they are thinking of maybe, ah, a beautiful place. So if what you are doing does not have to do with maybe a facility, how are you going to exp- express excellence? The first thing you need to understand about excellence is that it is going beyond the call of duty. It is going beyond the call of duty. What does that mean? It is doing more than what is required of you per time. That is excellence. Doing only what is required of you is nothing but a demonstration of mediocrity. What is mediocrity? Mediocrity is average. So for instance... If you walk in a place and they say resumption time is 9 a.m. And you get to work 9 a.m. You are a mediocre. That's not an excellent spirit. Am I making sense? Because excellent says that they say we should resume 9. But I'm going to go beyond the call of duty and ensure that by 9 o'clock I am seated at my station. It's not that by now I'm still greeting people. Yeah, how was your night? How was yesterday? At 9 o'clock, I'm still not just saying about Chelsea and Man U. 
By 9 o'clock, I'm seated at my workstation, ready to pay my price of labor for the day. Excellence is going beyond the call of duty, and that's why you remember the Bible says, when you see people that rise in life consistently, check their lives. They always go beyond the call of duty. When you look at someone like David, how did David rise? David was sent by his father. Take food to your brothers on the battlefield. That was what he was required to do. But he got to the battlefield and began to solve a national problem. So, ah, who is this man, Goliath? That's not what they sent him to go and do there. He said, ah, this one, I can bring him down. So, where is the king? They took him to the king. He had already taken the food to, this, to his brothers. But the king said, are you sure you can do this? He said, yeah, I can pull it off. So they said, go and do it. And his life never remained the same after that day. His father sent him to the wilderness, take care of the sheep. But when the lion and the bear came, what did David do? He did more than what was required of him. If all you do in the marketplace is all that is required of you, you can never experience relevance, not to even talk of dominance. Am I making sense this morning? You look at someone like how did Joseph also write? They brought him from the prison to interpret dreams. But after he interpreted dreams, what did he do? He started offering management and administration solutions. They did not ask him to do that. The only thing they told him to come and do is interpret these dreams. Said, ah, famine is coming. <laughs> Winter is coming. <laughs> said, famine is coming. He said, there's going to be seven years of abundance and there is going to be seven years of lack. He has finished his assignment. He said, but king, this is what to do. He said, let us build bands. He said, let us save 20% of everything that comes in for the next seven, seven years. So the king said, nobody among all these people, eh? all these some of the, <laughs> all these ones that call themselves leaders, None of them has ever thought of this. So that's why when Pharaoh said, become prime minister, you know that before they, um, Joseph, there was no position of prime minister. After him, there was no position of prime minister. That position was created for him. A position can be created for a man where none exists if he's a man or woman of excellence. Am I making sense this morning? So the first thing about excellence is it is going beyond the call of duty. Number two, it is doing more, it is doing today more than you did yesterday. It is doing more today than what you did yesterday. If what you did yesterday still looks big to you today, it simply means you have not done much to do. If what you did yesterday still looks big to you today, it simply means you have not what? You've not done much today. You've not done much today. You should look at what you did this time last year and you should be ashamed. That, ah, was I the one that did this? If you are not experiencing that, it simply means you have not been manifesting excellence. Ten years is too far to do a challenge. 
should be one year challenge. Where was I this time last year? If the way you are doing things last year is still the same way you are doing it this year, it simply means there is no excellence in place. Am I making sense? The third thing about excellence we need to know about excellence is that it is achieving the highest quality possible with what is available per time. Excellence is achieving the highest quality possible with what is available per time. So the lack of resources is never a strong reason for mediocrity. And I say, yeah, it's because we don't have... You know, some people compare, for instance, a business person compares themselves or him or herself to another business person and says, the reason why I'm not able to do this is because I don't have the money that person has. That may be true, but with the resources you have, can you do something of quality with what you have? With what you have. So maybe your work requires that you use tech. You might not have the latest tech, but with what you have, can you still produce something of quality? That even those who have the latest tech, technology, right, will look at you and say, ah, you must be using the latest technology. I know, I'm using five years ago technology. Are you serious? Excellence is achieving the highest quality possible with what is available. Those who constantly complain about the lack of resources have no spirit of excellence. If you're always complaining that the reason why you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing is because there is no enough resources. It's because there is no spirit of excellence. Remember that God qualifies us. You see, every time you are trusting God for a next level, what is, you know the easiest way to go to the next level? Do you want to know? Is to outgrow your current level. That's the only way. A child that wants his parents or parents to buy new clothes does not have to cry to the parents. The child just needs to outgrow what the child is wearing at the moment. The child will not need to pray to the parent. They will see that this child, the clothes can no longer fit. Am I making sense? So you want to go beyond your current level. Just outgrow where you currently are. Outgrow it. Outgrow it. Make your current level too small for you. You know, when the Bible says in Isaiah 10 and verse 27, when it says that the, um, um, the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing, the literal meaning in Hebrew simply means that you will become too fat for the yoke. That is, you will have added weight that even the yoke will no longer be able to size your neck, so it will break by itself. The reason why many people are yoked in one area or other in their life, suffering some spiritual calamity, is because they have not grown beyond this spiritually. There are certain things that will not be able to take effect in your life if you grow beyond those things spiritually. That's the way it works. Number four, excellence is delivering or creating something of global appeal, relevance, worth, and value. Excellence is creating something, something tangible or intangible, of global relevance, global worth, (laughs) and global value. So if you create something, you call it pencil. And in China, they call it chia. 
That's not excellence. Excellence simply means you create something in Nigeria and somebody in Russia finds it appealing. You don't do so, you see. An excellent person is not limited by their environment. While they are reaching out locally, they are giving a global approach to what they are doing. So every time I stand there, I'm not preaching like I'm preaching to the people I'm preaching to. I'm preaching with the consciousness that if somebody in the United States listens to what I'm saying, or somebody in Australia or New Zealand, if they hear this message, ah, it will appeal to them and they will find it applicable. But you know there are some gospels that cannot be exported. They call it gospel, but it is not gospel. Because the gospel of Christ must have a global appeal. If it only happens to a Yoruba audience, it is not the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Jesus was not an American, neither was he a Nigerian. He came as an Hebrew, but the gospel that an Hebrew man brought appeals globally today to everyone on the surface of the earth. So if I'm doing something, right, and someone on the far side of the continent or the earth cannot find it appealing, it is not excellence. I cannot construct a chair as a carpenter in Nigeria and in China it becomes a table. It must have a global appeal, a global relevance. Remember a senior, you know, brother of ours who pastors a church in California came earlier this um, year, right? And he was like, who does your flyers? <laughs> you know, the flyers, those of us that were around for the family meeting, you know, saw our next plan for the next quarter. <laughs> and yesterday, I remember, <laughs> Mr. Tyler was saying, ah, by the time we start giving out this, uh, people we ask again, how much is it? You know, at times that we're doing outreach, some people ask, how much? And how much? It's church now. And they say, hey, it's church. Because the average person in this environment expects that something that is of church, there's a way it must look. So if you say, want to do deliverance service, you must draw a picture of a demon and maybe something vomiting coming out of the person's mouth. Mm. Don't need all that drama. Deliverance is deliverance. You don't need to scare. You know, many gospels today, they are nothing. It's horror movie. You scare people to receive Christ. You don't have to. Because when the fear is taken away, they will revert to their normal state. <laughs> you know, like comedians would always say. They say, if you are here and you don't want to die before the end of the year, start clapping. You see how people will be clapping, clapping. <laughs> they say, how long, how long you clap? Uh, we determine the number of years you live. He said, people, you can't clap and clap it. And now they stop. People are still clapping. That's horror movie. That's horror. That's not one. It's not gospel. Now, they say something evil. That's like, ah! God, doing so part. No, that's not. So, when there is excellence, you do something. Maybe you are, you are a photographer. You edit a picture. And somebody sees it in the United States and says, ah! For my wedding, I must bring this guy to the U.S. to come and take pictures. 
You say, when you are an excellent person, it will seem as if there is no other person around. People will pay any price to get a man or woman of excellence. Am I making sense this morning? Next thing is excellence. This is very amazing. Excellence is becoming a constructive destroyer. And I'm going to explain what that means. Before I say, ah, Pastor, are you saying we should be destroying things? Yes and no. Excellence is becoming a constructive destroyer. A man or woman that does not constructively destroy things can never operate in excellence. What does that mean? It simply means to constructively destroy something simply means you look at something you have done in the past and you create something new, a better model that makes the previous thing you have created to become redundant. An example of constructive destruction is the typewriter and the iPad. You know, years ago, excellence was knowing how to use a typewriter. Today, even if you like, if you can type one million words per minute, nobody will employ you. Huh? Except you are doing a fit. <laughs> nobody will employ you and say, ah, you write, they say CV, now write your CV. I can type 10,000 words per minute. They will just cross it for you. Who, who needs this? Because you don't need that again. So, something new has been created that constructively destroyed the typewriter. So if you see a typewriter now, it's going to be a movement of some sort. For instance, I love keeping things like this because I want to show it to my children's children. So I'm looking for one. I want to buy it and put it somewhere. I love artifacts. You know. That's the only thing it use, is useful for now. You can want to write a book now and you're using typewriter. Like, paka, paka, paka. <laughs> and we look at it like, is everything alright? Hmm. Also, when you look, how many of us remember Nokia 3310? <laughs> when if you had Nokia 3310 back then, you're a big boy. If you have it now, maybe it's a second phone. Maybe it's for business line. That oh, you don't want that call, you know, anytime people will reach out to you, you don't want to miss anybody's call. Because the battery can last for eternity. <laughs> But you can't have VC. So, companies came in that destroyed Nokia 3310. The Blackberry. Years ago, if you had the Curve 2. Is it Curve 1? We still have a Curve there. It's at the media stand. You know, I was just going through my... And I saw the Curve. I, ah! This phone is still here. The only thing we use it for is like an MP3 player. So, when you hear songs before service, that's his work now. Because something else, the reason why, you see, it's when Blackberry came there, it was as if no other phone can ever take over from Blackberry. But today, that's a Samsung S10, I think X10e. So you don't even see the camera, the front camera is just very tiny. And more powerful than many of the devices we have. So progressively, men are creatively destroying the things of the past. So you know the way to operate in excellence is you must ensure that you are the one destroying your work, not others destroying it for you. 
Am I making sense? The first car that was invented was the Ford Model T. And to drive a Ford Model T, you're a very rich man. But you can't be driving this now on the road. People just be looking at you. Ah, is this guy okay? But say you have cars like the Rolls Royce. Today you have electric, and you know all these Rolls Royce too. In a matter of years, they will become useless. Because now we have electric cars. That you just charge. The way you charge your phone. You charge it for five minutes. And you know the beauty of electric cars. There is no exhaust. Because there is nothing to exhaust. There is nothing to distract. You just charge it. And the dashboard is a screen. With GPS. And now we are even over time. The electric cars will be phased out. By self-driving cars. You know now we have 3D printers. That with right materials, they can even print human organs. There are machines already being created that will render doctors useless. So they will simply put you in that tube, they will close it up, and you know a machine, once you program it, it knows what to do. So it will not be killing people anyhow. You know many doctors have killed people. One of our friends, I was talking to a friend of ours yesterday, you know, whose dad was scheduled to go for a surgery. I said, so how far would he say? He said, we are not doing it again. I said, why? He said, we discovered when we were about to go into the theater that it was a suicide mission. Thank God they discovered. The man would have been gone. They told them, buy this one, buy this one. Because they were trying to get more money for the hospital. Things that were not needed. The man would have been gone. But you know, a machine does not need money because it does not need to pay house rent. You just put the man there, it will do everything, seal it back up, and you are fine. The next thing about excellence, right, is that it is operating by a higher self-imposed standard. It's operating by a higher self-imposed standard. Rising up to people's expectation is mediocrity, not excellence. Exceeding people's expectation is what is called excellence. Exceeding people's expectation. So that every point in time, you must always walk towards exceeding the expectation. Not just the expectation people have of you, but even the expectation you have of yourself. I demand more from myself than anyone can ever demand from me. And it affects the way I walk. One of the people that stays with us said, he said I think it was on Friday, he said, what happened? I noticed that throughout the week, you have been sleeping 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I said, how did you notice? I demand more from myself than anyone can ever demand from me. There is nobody monitoring me. By monitor myself. You see, in life, you are either running towards something or you are running away from something. Mediocre people run away from things. Excellent people are running towards something. When you are running towards something, you will not need inspiration. You will not need a better self, external inspiration and motivation. I'll do this. What are you going to do? You are not motivated enough. So the question you need to ask yourself is, are all these things manifesting in my life? So very quickly, how to develop or cultivate an excellent spirit as I begin a roundup this morning. Number one, despise mediocrity. 
despise mediocrity. If you want to cultivate an excellent spirit, you need to despise mediocrity. Anything that is not excellent must not have an appeal towards you. It must not have an appeal towards you. You must not see, see, don't, don't see, don't do things in a normal way. Always do things in an above normal way. In an above normal way. So if this is the way people are doing things, you must make up your mind that I'm going to go beyond the way people are doing it. That is excellence. That's how to cultivate the spirit of excellence. You must despise mediocrity. When things are done in a normal way, something in you must react towards it. You cannot develop excellence if mediocrity is acceptable to you. You cannot change what you tolerate. You can't change what you tolerate. If something is normal to you, you can never rise beyond it. Secondly, pay attention to details. Pay attention to details. Pay attention to details. Pay attention to details. Stop ignoring things. If you see pure water nylon somewhere, where it is not supposed to be, don't just look at it and take your eyes. No, 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 no. You pick it up and put it in its rightful place. Because those, those little things, it might seem little, but what you are doing is you are training your spirit. You are training yourself not to ignore things. If you ignore a pure water nylon, you will ignore other bigger things. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. How you do one thing is how you do everything. How you do one thing is how you do everything. How you do small things is how you will do big things. So never ignore things. Never ignore things. When something is not in a place, you put it back the way it's supposed to be. You don't just look at it and take your eyes away. No, 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 no. no. By doing that, you are cultivating a mediocre spirit. A spirit that accepts things the way they are. You know, it takes people who refuse to ignore things to keep creating things when the things are already in existence are still working. Why do we need a Samsung S10 Plus when the S9 is still working? It's because some people refuse to ignore things. Now, ah, there's something we should have added to this phone. So let's do another newer version and let's add it to it. Because they refuse to ignore things. I remember, I can't remember, I think, was it the S7 or the S8? And they said, was exploding. When they created, right, that, um, when people charge it, huh? the battery, the S7. They recalled the phones. Of course, not in Nigeria. Because we are a mediocre nation. And that's why. When you see Porto somewhere, it is proof that the people in leadership, they are mediocres. You know, we don't even have portals again in Lagos. It is wells that we have now. Gutters in the middle of the road. It's not that portal is supposed to be a all the size of a port. It's no longer portal. It's well because if rain falls, you can literally fetch water out of those holes. It's proof that we have in leadership people whose mind is not working. That's what it means. The mind has shut down, and it doesn't start that way. It starts out by ignoring things. Like, it's okay. I feel it. 
When things are not being done right, you should be disturbed. That's how to cultivate an excellent spirit. You don't ignore it. You don't ignore it. You should be disturbed. Ah, why is this thing like this? The reason people don't rise beyond where they are in life is because they get so used to where they are that even when things are changing, you know, it's just like the story of the frog. They say that the best way to kill a frog is to boil it alive. They say if you take a frog and you drop in it in hot water, it will jump out. But if you put it in cold water, because that is an environment it is used to, and you lit a fire under the pot, and the water is boiling. You know a water does not boil at once. It gets its boiled gradually. It said the frog will be boiled to death. Because as the water is getting warm, it will be adjusting. As it gets hot, it will have adjusted until you boil it to death. Many people have been boiled to death in their career. In their industry. Because things are changing, but they are ignoring it. You can see that the people they are hiring now, they have a particular certification. They say, no, my job is preserved. No, 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 no. You don't ignore such things. You get those certifications. Because it's only a matter of time when they have gotten everybody they need and you have not upgraded, they will fire you. And rightfully so. The next thing is develop an appetite so cultivate an excellent spirit, develop an appetite for constant improvement. Develop an appetite for constant improvement. The average human is often satisfied with the way things are. It takes a man or woman of excellence to constantly improve. Develop an appetite for constant improvement. Constant improvement. So there is always a better way to do things. You do something the first time. After enjoying it for a while. Keep looking at it. That thing. How can I improve on this thing? How can I improve on myself? I said one of the secrets of every successful person. Is what is called Kanai. C-A-N-I. Constant and never ending improvement. They are always working on themselves. Always improving themselves. The next thing is be progress driven. Be progress driven. Be progress driven. Because excellence is a never ending journey. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. The Bible says the path of a just man is as a shining light that shines more and more onto the perfect day. So it means as a believer, you are supposed to be shining brighter and brighter. There should be constant and never ending improvement. You shouldn't just stay with the way things are. Always think of how it can be improved. How can I improve my career? How can I improve my finances? How can I improve my business? How can I improve my marriage? How can I improve my relationship? Anything left to itself will die a natural death. Any marriage left to itself will die a natural death. Any business left to itself, any relationship left to itself will die a natural death. You don't leave things to them to, it, um, to themselves. You must work on things. Develop an appetite for constant improvement. Be progress driven. Next, stay in an environment that puts you in a state of only dissatisfaction. 
Or what we call only discontent. Stay in environments that put you in a state of dissatisfaction. Don't be a one-eyed man, eyed man in a city of the blind. Don't be a local champion. Don't be the only wise man among fools. It is better to be a fool among wise men than to be the only wise man among fools. Did you hear that? It is better to be a fool among wise men than to be the only wise man among fools. Because a fool or a wise man among fools is also quarter to foolishness. It's because he's a little bit above foolishness. That's why they consider him wise. I'll never forget that statement because I was a student when the Holy Spirit said it to me. He said, rather than be the only wise man among fools, be a fool among wise men. So anytime I hang around people that I know are better than me, I don't go there to be parading what I know. I'm not a preacher everywhere. You know, some people are pastors everywhere. Some people, there are teachers everywhere. No, no, no. There are places where you go and you take biro and paper and you start writing furiously as if you want to write jam the next day. When my mentors are talking, I'm writing. I'm not assuming that I can remember everything they are saying because I know my brain, right, is not meant for storage. It's meant for creativity. No matter how intelligent you are, if you are not documenting things, you will forget it. Because that's not the purpose of your mind. The next thing, if you're going to cultivate an excellent spirit, is you need to pay the price of exposure. You need to pay the price of exposure. You need to pay the price of exposure. There's a proverb that says that if you have not been to another man's farm, you will say your father's farm is the biggest. I had the story of a man who was working with a structural engineer, you know, and the first time the, the man lives in, I think maybe, I don't know, it's, a, it's been a while it happened, true life story. I don't know if the man is still alive in Kogi State. <laughs> and when they took him to Kaduna, he said, eh, see buildings. <laughs> so his boss, this guy saw buildings in Kaduna, he's saying building. So he decided to bring him to Marina in Lagos. He said, the day the guy got to Marina, he couldn't come down from the car. <laughs> so I come down and I said, oh, no, those buildings, they are making me feel dizzy. <laughs> because he has not been outside of Kogi State for a very long time. He believed the buildings in Kaduna were skyscrapers. Until he saw the buildings in Marina. But you know a man that has not seen beyond Marina to be like, ah, ah skyscraper in Marina. If that kind of a person sees Bot Khalifa, the person is just face. Ah, Father, I must be in heaven. <laughs> Pay the price of exposure. If you cannot travel physically, travel virtually. Travel virtually. Watch videos that will expose you to other people's possibilities and realities. Am I making sense? 
Pay the price of exposure. That thing you are doing, there is somebody doing it in a better way. Expose yourself to their world. Whatever it is that you're doing, you are a programmer, you are a this, you are. You know, when I see some people do certain. Ah, there was a guy that used to do graphic design for us. You know, so the person that does our graphic design currently, you know, I, um, the guy was busy for a while. You know, he's a protege and he doesn't worship in this church. So I didn't want to disturb him because I know if I call him, he will show up. But I just felt. So I called the guy we've been using before. And when this guy started design, I was like, what is this? Oh, what is this? When he finished, I said, so how much? If I could not wait for him to finish. And so how much is that? When he called the amount, I was like, no wonder. He's putting too much attention on what he wants to get. Not on exposing himself. He was doing design. I said, ah, this design must not see the light of day. This is gateway three years ago. We can't go back to the past. So I had to call the guy eventually when he was there. Please come and redesign it. Come and redesign it. You need to pay the price of exposure. Don't be a one-eyed man in the city of the blind. What you are doing, someone is doing it in a better way. Expose yourself to them. Don't be too proud to ask questions. Ah, sir, how are you doing this thing? You know, I noticed that last week, one of the reasons why I preached that long was because... The clock stopped. So I was still looking at the time. I said, ah, there's still time, there's still time. And I continued. So I had to, so yeah, during the, over the weekend, right, I, I, I was in a place. And I noticed there's this detailed time I would be looking for. So I noticed that they were using a TV screen. And there was a time I said, ah. So after the event, I'm a pastor. I went to their media people. I said, how are you doing this thing? They said, ah, no. So they showed me. Immediately I got to, I said, oh yeah, do it now. So now the next thing is we are planning to get a very small screen. At the back, there is no... So everybody is timed. Even quite, it, just, it will be counting down for you. So there is no spirit that can enter you, that can make you use over time. I went to them. Ah, Nicodemusly. You know, the way Nicodemus went to Jesus in the middle. Ah, how are you doing that? Even you, sir, for them. The student environment said, how did you do this thing? He says, I meet their people. What, the laptop is with you again? How did you do it? He says, the screen saver. I said, eh. Show me how the screensaver works. They say it's an app. Uh-huh. You go to that door and say, no. Don't let your title and your position deceive you. Expose yourself. Pay the price of exposure. And last but not the least, be flexible in your thinking and conduct. Be flexible in your thinking and conduct. Be flexible in your thinking and conduct. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Somebody said. The fact that you have been doing something in a particular way doesn't mean that is the only way to do it or that's the way you should keep doing it. Be flexible. Be flexible. Things can be done in a different way and things can be done in a better way. Be flexible in your thoughts, in your conduct. Something, you know, (laughs) the previous generation, there are things we do now and because they have refused to be flexible, they consider it to be a sin. You know, some people still believe it is a sin to dance in church. Say so it is called solemn assembly. It's the assembly of the saints. There should be reverence, a sense of quietness. 
If you don't reverence God by you, you know, <laughs> praise the Lord. So be flexible. Be flexible. Don't be rigid. Be flexible. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts. But thank you, Father, because your word says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. As we have had your word this morning, we ask that you will grant unto us the grace to be a doer of the same in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare this morning an impartation of the spirit of excellence. In the name of Jesus. Excellence in the workplace. Excellence in business. Excellence in your career. In the name of Jesus. From this day forward, it will be said concerning you and excellent spirit is on the inside of you. In the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that from this day forward, that spirit of excellence will elevate you. It will stand you out. It will distinguish you. The Bible says concerning Daniel that he distinguished himself because an excellent spirit was on the inside of him. I decree and declare that from this day forward, you will be distinguished. From this day forward, you will stand out. From this day forward, your head will be lifted. From this day forward, you will rise above your equals. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that from this day forward, you will have a voice. Your voice will not be silenced. In the name of Jesus. Your voice will not be silenced. This week I decree and declare. Come into your inheritance. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Numbers 27 and verse 1. Concerning the daughters of Zelophead. The Bible says they came unto Moses. And said our father was not a company of those that gathered themselves against the Lord. He said, give us our inheritance. The Bible says that Moses went unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, they speak right. And therefore their inheritance was delivered to them. I decree and declare that this week your inheritance will come into your hands. In the name of Jesus. All that the Lord has prepared for you will come into your hands. In the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that this week you are coming into the company of the right people. You are coming into the company of the right people. You are coming into the company of the right people. Your steps are ordered by time. You are in the right place at the right time. In the name of Jesus. God said I should tell somebody here. I don't know maybe it's a word for one or a word for all. But that in this season somebody will be delivered from armed robbery. In the name of Jesus. You will be delivered from armed robbery. In the name of Jesus. Nothing shall be lost. Nothing shall be missing. In the name of Jesus. I decree and declare supernatural protection. In the name of Jesus. Your life is preserved. Your properties are secured. In the name of Jesus. Your crown and your place another man shall not take. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Revelation, Jesus speaking, He said, Hold fast your crown. Let no man take thy place. I decree and say that this day forward, your place in Christ is secured. Your place in the marketplace is secured. I decree and declare from today, rise and rise. In the name of Jesus, 
rise above your contemporaries rise above your equals in the name of Jesus uh, I hear in my spirit that in the shortness of time somebody will be an employer of their boss in the name of Jesus I don't know what that word is for I don't know what it means to you but this word is for someone that in the shortness of time you will employ the people that have employed you in the name of Jesus your steps will be ordered the spirit of wisdom is available to you you will know what to do by time every error is removed from your life no more trial and error enjoy precision precision in decision making precision in decision making precision in decision making every single under the sound of my voice will marry right in the name of Jesus no more marital errors in the name of Jesus I decree and declare every marriage in this house has become a model home in the name of Jesus I speak peace to every marital storm in the name of Jesus this week I decree quantum leaps in your career quantum leaps in your finances out of money you will take money out of money you will take money you will no longer know lack the last lack you experience will be the last one you will ever experience in the name of Jesus from this day forward step into abundance step into increase step into surplus in the name of Jesus as I've said this so shall it be in Jesus name if you believe it come and say very big amen hallelujah can we celebrate the lord jesus this morning amen amen praise the lord